Hi, it's Mackenzie, and this is the Mill Spouse Brief. I hope you guys had a wonderful week. I have some exciting news that I can't share yet because it's still in the works, but once I have a little bit more um, details and planning, I will share some exciting news that's happening in our lives. But this week was pretty mellow and slow. Nothing big really happened, just some stuff around the house. Um, I was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to lay around the pool and go to the beach, which was really nice, and do some fun podcast things that we have coming up. And, I don't know, it was just a nice week. Cade is on a course about generators, which I feel like, I don't know if anybody, husbands go on all these courses, but I feel like Cade's always on a course. And it's so interesting to me. I'm like, are you on another course about what? And he's like, generators? And I'm like, huh. I would have never thought that, like, as a Marine, you'd go on a course about generators, you know? But he really likes it, and it's a lot less taxing than his normal day. Um, his unit is, like, skeleton bones. There's, like, five of them. I think this month, I think they've had like six or seven guys get out or, or leave the section. So there's like nobody there. So I feel like everything's falling on Cade and the two guys under him. So I feel like he's a lot more stressed at work. We don't really talk too much during the day, but when he comes home, he's like beat. And I'm like, are you like, okay? And he's like, I've been running around all day because there's just not enough people to do all the work. But I think he's really enjoying, cause so since he got promoted to corporal and now he's an NCO, he has a lot more responsibility. And even though it's a lot more work, I think he's enjoying the responsibility and learning about it and requiring more leadership qualities and having to use those. And I love seeing that, excuse me, um, and being able to see kind of him grow in those experiences. And I feel like it's just really wonderful. So for this episode today, it's going to be another... Q&A about questions that we get in the military, which I feel like are really important because sometimes there's things that you just don't even think about. So let's get into the questions. Okay, so the first one is the military alphabet because so much, so much you guys is talked about in military alphabet terms or explained or when you're talking to someone they say things and so I figured it was just going to be easier for me to go through it real quick and say it. So A is Alpha, B is Bravo, C is Charlie, D is Delta, E is Echo, F is Foxtrot, G is Golf, H is Hotel, I is India, J is Juliet, K is Kilo, L is Lima, which for my Ohio people it's not Lima, I know I always mess that up. <laughs> M is Mike, N is November, O is Oscar, P is Papa, Q is Quebec, R is Romeo, S is Sierra, T is Tango, U is Uniform, V is Victor, W is Whiskey, X is X-Ray, Y is Yankee, and Z is Zulu. So I feel like just knowing that helps. Um, if any of your husbands go to the field and they have things like through the calm, they'll talk in that alphabet basically instead of saying like m like trying to spell a word they'll say like mike charlie delta golf hotel and then that that person knows that it stands for m h d c g type thing so i think it's kind of cool and then it helps with when you're because like bravo and delta sound very different but when you're saying like b and d it like might sound a little you know confusing on the phone so i think it's really cool and it works really well. The next question is a career. And I feel like this question is asked a lot. And I feel like we ask it a lot to other people. 
And the best thing that I can kind of, and what they are asking when they say a career is, are you staying in for the full 20? Are you making this your career? Is the military your career? And some people's minds are made up about it. Some people change their mind. But that's kind of my thing about the answer of this question is so much changes just in four years, which are normally anywhere from four to six or kind of what your enlistment terms are, unless you extend for two years. But that's kind of the the gaps of what you will be in before you sign new paperwork. And I think my biggest thing is how much it does change and how much it can change. And so I feel like the best thing for whether you're a family member or your spouse that you can attest to this, if you're asking someone's a career, it's not like a bad question to ask, but it's not something that I feel like can ever be set in stone because one, the military changes. I mean, the people that enlisted back in say like 1995 and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna do full 20 and then had to go through war, might've changed their mind, you know what I mean? Or my people that might've enlisted and gone through war are like, nope, I can't go in, I can't stay in longer than I think. Or people are like, I went through war and I really enjoyed it and I wanna stay in and now it's harder that I'm not at war because I enjoyed that. Or I don't like my job or it's not best for my family. You know, there's so many things. And I think that's kind of the crazy thing when you think about 20 years, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the first 20 years of my life, like if I was born and then had to make a decision that was I was stuck with for 20 years, that's a long time. But then at the same time, I feel like when you're adult, it's a lot shorter. I don't know if you agree, you have to let me know. But I feel like that's the biggest thing when it comes to a career is it's just gonna change. And you might have your mind made up and it still might change again. And so I would just say if you're a civilian listener and you ask somebody, it's a fine question, but just expect their answer to change. I feel like Cade literally changes his answer every single day. I'm not kidding when I say if I were to like ask him and take a tally, his answer would be different every single day, which maybe I should. Maybe I should do like a month of like asking him every single day, like, where's your head at? And then I can come back and be like, listen, on this many days, he didn't know. This many days, he was going to stay in. You know, maybe I'll do that. Okay, guys, I'm going to do that for July. The month of July, I'm going to ask Kate every single day, and I'll report back. The next thing is, a question I feel like we get asked a lot, is when they say, well, there's no boots on the ground. There's no people. We're not at war right now. Are your service members affected? And it's like, yes. They still are because they still have to go to work. They still have to be training. So just because we're not in active war right now, just because there's areas where there's not quote unquote boots on the ground, that doesn't mean that our husbands aren't working or our spouses or our wives. Um, it just means that we're not in a combat zone maybe type thing. But they still work whether we're at war, we're not at war, even on weekends or holidays, they're still working. Um, so I think that's one of the misconceptions about the military is like, what are they doing if we're not at war? Or what are we doing because we're just training type thing is up. Oh, they're still working. I promise they are. The next thing is, um, and I feel like some people might feel this, but one of the questions is like, is a deployment the best, like for civilian people, some people will be like, well, is it like a business trip? And it's really not. And I think that as a civilian saying this would come across as like, I'm just trying to understand what you're going through. Like my husband goes on business trips. Sometimes, depending on your relationship with the military person, it could be hurtful. It could be like, no, my husband's not on a business trip because he's risking his life in Afghanistan. So I would just be careful when you try to like make that comparison. I don't feel like it's a fair comparison um, because one, business trips, 
you kind of know your end date deployments. You don't really have too much of an idea. Like for example, one of my friends is on a deployment and she was supposed to come home in June and I talked to her a couple days ago and she's like, eh, we have anywhere from three to five more months left. And I was like, oh, you've already been gone for six. So like, that's, wow, okay. Um, so I think that's one of the things about deployments. Two, the lack of communication, whether you're on a ship or you're in the Middle East or even if you're in Japan and it's just a time zone change, the communication is very different than if they were just on a business trip for four days in Texas. And then I think the last thing, which is a little bit obvious, but I feel like it deserves to be stated, is that there's a danger to it. Whether you're training or not, there's a danger, or whether you're training or like in actual combat, there is a danger and they're putting their lives at risk, whether or not it's for just training or if it's for combat. And so I think that's the other reason it's like not like a business trip is because of the danger that they could possibly put themselves in. So if you're a civilian listener, it's not like a business trip and I don't feel like that's the best way to like try and relate to somebody. I think you can be like, yeah, I know what it's like to be at home for a couple days by yourself and talk about it more on the aspect of you not having your spouse there, but comparing the spouse's jobs and what they're both going through, I think sometimes can lead for lead to some hurt feelings or some miscommunication, um, which I feel like is why I wanted to do these question and answer episodes was because I feel like I've experienced a lot of times where people will ask questions and they don't mean to be hurtful, but it comes across as hurtful. And it's hard as a civilian to understand that you did something that's hurtful. Um, but I feel like that's kind of the whole thing right now um, is just to educate yourself. You know, I feel like that's a trend in America right now with a lot of things. Um, just to educate yourself so that there isn't those misunderstandings and that you're able to de- Bridge the gap and lessen the divide. All right, next question. How are you used to it or how do you do it? I couldn't. um, I think that those are questions that are tricky because I feel like you could be used to it one day and the next day be crumbling because it's just too much or it's too hard. And so it's. Things like that where it's like, yeah, I'm used to it, but I might not be like, I might not prefer it or probably no one prefers it, but like, are you used to it? Yes, but I feel like that's not the best question to ask. Kind of like when it comes back to like, how do you do it? I could never do that. I don't know how you do that and things like that. I think it kind of comes down to the fact that as a military spouse, you do not have the option. You don't have the option to not do it. You don't have the option to just quit. I mean, I guess you do, but like, that's not why we're here, you know? Um, and so I think one of those things that's not beneficial, I think a lot of times people will say it as like a empathy or a sympathy or it's like, wow, that's just amazing. I could not do it. But it's different because we love our spouses and that's why we chose to do it. And so I think it's one of those things where it's like, well, we don't have the option to, We love our spouse and we're going to support them, so we do do it. And so I would just, if I could give any advice to any civilian listener, to not ask how do you do it or say, oh, I could never do that. Um, Just because I feel like it does more harm than good. You know, I feel like there's much other things that could be said. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons, like I said, I think that it's important that I answer some of these questions because some people just don't know that that's a hurtful thing to say. The next question is, when it comes to birthdays and anniversaries and holidays, can they come home? How does that work? And it leads to one of the big questions I feel like civilians have is about leave. And we did talk about it on another episode recently. Um, But leave is so tricky because, so for example, we're having our wedding reception in July. And to get up into this, and I think this is what's so tricky about the military is 
you have to make plans. You have to buy the tickets or book the hotels or whatever you want to do. And then you have to write it up. And it's like a full-blown, like, paragraphs on paragraphs of saying, like, so for Caden, it's like, I, Corporal Caden T. Culver, respectfully request to take leave at this date at this time. And then for his, at least with his command, you have to state every day what you are doing, where you are going, who you are with, the addresses, the phone numbers, like, every detail you could possibly think of has to be. And then do you know what the kicker is? You have to have all of the information about the plane tickets and the hotels and what you're doing and where you're staying and make all these plans to make the paper, to submit the leave, and then they could still deny it. But you then had to do it. So I think that's what's the crazy thing about it. And I am used to it by now after having Kate have to put so many different leave requests in. But it ties back into the fact that birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays, they are not guaranteed whatsoever. And they aren't even guaranteed to like... If Cade's leave got approved tomorrow and we're supposed to leave on the 17th, imagine the 17th of July. If on the 16th, his command could come back and say, you're not going home. That's like how like give and take. And that's something that you, you have to get used to with the military. And that's something you have to understand and respect and I guess deal with when, you know, that's one of the cons I feel like is they really do have total control over you. So birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays are not guaranteed. Um... But I feel like you're able to kind of go with the flow. At least I feel like I've been adjusted to like, okay, this is the flow. And you're able to pick another day. You know, it's just a day. And you're able to celebrate or you're able to celebrate in different ways or you're able to celebrate early. It's kind of the same thing with certain jobs, whether they have a business trip or you're a first responder and you have a shift and you can't make it home. You, you're able to celebrate another day. You know, maybe it's not like quote unquote ideal, but you're still able to do it. But that is a big question. They are not guaranteed. Um, for example, Cade's best friend was supposed to come to our wedding, but his graduation date got decided way after we had decided the wedding and now he can't come and he's in the military, he's in the Navy. So it's hard, you know, of course we want him at our wedding reception, but we understand that his leave won't get approved because he graduates three days later, you know? So it's something that I feel like is hard, but I feel like as a civilian, if you're able to be understanding to that, and then I feel like if you're a new military spouse, it's something that you just have to roll with the punches. And normally any airline or hotel or car rental that I have spoken to that I've had to change plans because of the military, if you explain that, they are really, really good about it. And it's not like a oh, I deserve it for free, but I think they're able to understand and hopefully they're able to be kind enough to like fix it without a fee. I remember I had to change my plane because of Cade's deployment and I was like, my husband literally, his deployment changed and like, I, I need to change my flight. I'm really sorry. And they're like, yeah, I totally understand. So I will say that if you do it, it's, I'm not going to say that it's guaranteed, but I will say that I've had a lot of luck having to change plans if I have to and saying like explaining the reason. And it's not a lie. It's because of the military. And it's not like a, oh, I deserve everything free because my husband's in the military. It's more just like the fact of the state, like the, the situation is the military changed our plans and I need to change the ticket. And normally they're really good, but you can also buy insurance or you can book with an airline or a hotel where the cancellation fees don't cost any depending on the date. So I would just look into that. The next question is kind of when he's deployed. It says, do you talk when he is deployed? I think it just depends on the deployment. And I think it just depends on 
where they're at, what they're doing, the time change, how easy. So like Cade had an iPhone when he was in Japan, so we were able to just FaceTime because it's all on Wi-Fi. But if he had like an Android or a Google or anything like that where you didn't have that and you couldn't communicate through Wi-Fi, then we would have had to change plans and it would have cost us a lot more money. So it's just things to kind of think about. One of the things I think is super funny when it comes to the military is how important our IDs are. And I don't even realize until you like think about how many times you use your ID or you need it. You need it to get onto base, you need it at the PX to check out, you need it at the commissary. Like you need it for so many things. You need it at the Naval Hospital. Like there's so many things that you need your ID for and you don't even realize how important it is. It's like more important than your driver's license, I feel like. I mean, I guess you need it to drive, but there's so many things that you don't realize like, oh, I need my ID for. And something that I feel like if you're local to Pendleton, maybe you, if this has happened to you, but I feel like a lot of times recently, randomly, like we'll be in the car and we'll pull up to the gate to get on the base to get to our house. And they'll like look at Cade's ID and they'll be like, hey, we need to see your ID too. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Like I didn't have it ready. Normally you just want the drivers unless you're like a civilian. And so sometimes it like catches me off guard. But the weirdest thing about it is it's so random. Like we can go through the gate 12 times and then the 13th time, like, oh, we need your ID. And I'm like, really? Okay, you know? We did end up asking a guy one day about it, and he honestly just said it was because his higher-ups, like his leadership was just being, and he said that they were just not being nice in a more vulgar way, which I won't say for the listeners. Um, and he just said it was because of them. And we were like, oh, okay, interesting. So, like, in my mind, I feel like it doesn't even matter. Like, they just choose when they want or don't want it. So, I don't know. I just feel like it's interesting that they, like, it's not like a set, like, oh, we need everybody's ID in the car. Or, okay, these days you're going to do it. Which I get for, like, security. They're able to, like, make sure that, you know, you don't want to, like, have it too set as a routine. But it's just interesting to me how they, like, pick and choose, like, oh, we're going to look at everybody's ID today. Like, what if you forgot your ID? Like, sometimes I don't bring my wallet if I know I'm going to be with a kid and I don't need my ID. So sometimes I wonder what would happen if I said that. But if you are military, just always have your ID. That would be, like, my, my big thing. Just carry your ID. The next thing is, what is the military ball like? And I feel like the best thing that I can say is it's like an adult prom. It's really fun. I really enjoyed dressing up. And Cades was in Vegas, which was really fun because we got a really nice room, like, discounted because they booked out, like, a huge amount. Or they had, like, a discount code or something like that. And so we were able to kind of experience Vegas a little bit cheaper than normal. But I feel like it's really fun. I do think that it's, like, intimidating to be around so many, like, higher-ups in my mind. You know, you just want to, like... You don't want to cause a scene, you don't want to draw attention to your service member, you know, things like that. But I do feel like it's really fun and I would encourage everybody that has the opportunity to go to um, a military ball to go because I feel like they are, they're fun. I would totally suggest it. Another thing that I think is really funny and a question I get asked a lot is about their military gear and like how much they have and where do you keep it and is it actually everywhere and as I'm sitting here recording this podcast, I see a cami top sitting on one of the chairs in the kitchen and I see Kate's boots from his ruck run in the corner because they just finished drying out and it's just funny to see like, yeah, it literally is everywhere. Cade is so good about keeping it in either the guest bedroom or the garage. Um, most of the time, this was truly just because the boots were drying and he took off his cami top because he got home at a decent hour today. Um, but 
they literally have so much and that doesn't even include like his nice like uniforms you guys like there's so much gear and uniforms and stuff like on top of just like what they're wearing like all of their iso mats and their rucks and their kevlars and their flax and like there's just so much i would totally suggest organizing it and having it like have a specific place because that's helped us a lot because Cade's artillery, he goes the field and there will be plenty of times where like a field or a ruck run will like happen or even just like a, a uniform check will be like, oh, we're having this or a gear check. And so to know that it's like all organized in one place saves Cade hours of running around the house trying to find stuff um, before those events. And so knowing that it's like going to be in either A, B or C or A, B, you know, and having it organized is really nice and then I remember when um, Shay came over one day and Kate had just finished organizing all of his stuff in the garage and she was like oh that looks nice and I was like yeah like it's so nice when it's all put away and it's organized and just to know that like I'm not gonna be stressing trying to find his glow belt at 4 o'clock in the morning before PT one day you know we just know where things are uh, and that doesn't mean that things won't get lost or you won't have those experiences but to know that it's all in one place and that it's not everywhere in the house and it's not spread out and you know like we do like Saturday pickups like stuff obviously just gets sprawled out during the week because we're busy and so Saturday mornings are our pickups and so those boots will probably on Saturday morning make their way to the garage um, and things like that but I think having designated areas for the gear and being aware of how much gear they have is really important and it's kind of mind-boggling to me how much they have because I mean obviously they use it but it's crazy just how much stuff that they have and that they need it all I mean I, I believe that they need it all it's just crazy that they actually do and I think one of the last questions was and this was actually asked to me today because my friend had a problem sending me something and she was like I didn't even realize that like it'd be hard to send stuff to base and I was like yeah well we get basic mail and like FedEx and UPS and things like that and she's like what happens when it comes to like delivering food like if you just want to like order a pizza or what happens if you need to like get an Uber and I was like that's a really good question um and so for base at least for Pendleton there's a Domino's on base so you can have that delivered I've seen and then the rest are whether or not the person has base access. So for Ubers, you can take an Uber onto base. So like I've taken an Uber from the airport onto base and then I just show them my ID and the Uber can get on and then he'll just leave to pick up the next person. But if you are at your house and you're wanting an Uber, I do not believe it works unless a person working for Uber has base access. So like if I was a military spouse, I could do Ubers through Pendleton because I have base access. Um, but to pick somebody up, they can't like let them on just to drive to your house and pick you up or to deliver the pizza. So it is tough. It is kind of an adjustment that you don't realize. Like I remember how many times I would take Ubers to the airport for work trips and now it's like, oh no, I can't do that. Or yeah, ordering takeout or even like Uber Eats or DoorDash, things like that. Um, it has become a lot popular now that there are wives doing it. And Pendleton has their own like Uber Eats. It's called like Pendleton Eats or something like that. And they do that same thing because they realize how frustrating and how hard it is the fact that people can't, you know, use these things. 
because of base and I get it the security is very important and I really love that we have and we live on a secure base but for those like things where you're like oh that would have been so convenient I totally get it so it is something to adjust and it's something that I was talking to my friend about and she's like you just don't even think about those things and I was like no you honestly don't you don't really realize like what how it changes living on a military base or even kind of in the military alone. And so this is why I really like these Q&As. I'm grateful that so many people send in questions and ask these questions and want to know the answers because I feel like that at the end of the day is what's really important is people wanting to learn and to bridge the gap and to understand and for other people, even in the military, to learn. I learn literally something new every episode, which is I, I love. And that's why I also love when we have guests on because I feel like everyone has something to share. But I hope you enjoyed just this episode with me in the Q&A. And we have some really exciting guests coming on in the next couple weeks, which I know you guys will love because I loved recording the episodes. And if you are a listener and you want to be a guest on the episode, I would love it. So please reach out. We always need more guests on. And with that, we will now turn into the Father's Day segment of the episode. And I hope you guys enjoy that. Okay, so since Father's Day is this Sunday, I figured I would do the same thing like I did for the Mother's Day episode and talk about the five men in my life that mean the world to me. I had a lot of people reach out and say that they enjoyed learning about the women in my life, and so I felt like I had to do it, and I wanted to do it, obviously, um, for the Father's Day episode. So to start off, I have my dad. His name is Dustin, and he's actually my boss, so that's awesome. He is literally the best person in the entire world. I've always been a daddy's girl, and he is literally the best, you guys. I can't even like put it into terms. Some of the things I feel like I've learned a lot from him are things that I try to do because I feel like he's taught me. So one is patience. I don't have patience, but I try to have patience and Dustin is definitely the person that has the most patience and is always so patient with me and everybody else around him. And so I love that and I love kind of when I don't want to be patient or I'm struggling to be patient, I'm easily and quickly reminded about how patient he is. The next thing is religion. My dad um, loves the gospel and he loves Jesus and it's so wonderful to see as an example. And I feel like as a kid I didn't realize how impactful his example was. But now as an adult I see that my dad never expected us to do religion but he wasn't doing it. You know, he didn't say like, hey, read your scriptures and say your prayers. And he wasn't. He was very much like do as I say and as I do, not do as I say and not as I do. And he really taught me how important the gospel is and how important it is to have religion in your life and to have a relationship with Christ. And I'm really grateful that they instilled that in me in a young age and that I'm still able to do that. And I love being able to go to him with questions or experiences that I have and that we have that bond. Another thing is he's really, really selfless, you guys. Like he puts his family before himself and he puts other people before himself. And I'm just grateful that I have an example of somebody that just does not worry about their their worldly and their kind of their needs first, you know, or specifically their wants as well. I'm just grateful that he is able to be like, okay, these are things that are more important. These people in my life are more important that, you know, like I'm sure he'd much rather have like watched movies on Friday nights, but he was at my bas or my basketball games watching me cheer or my brother's basketball games. 
And so I'm just really grateful that he was able to put me and my siblings and my mom first and care so much about us and kind of teach us like how important that is. And last but not least, he's so funny, you guys. I feel like not a lot of people get to see that side of him kind of like with Cade, but he's so funny and he'll just crack these like random jokes. He loves dad jokes, which I think are hilarious, but he's really funny and I love when I get my dad to laugh. Like if I say something or Cade says something and like we're there to like watch him react, it's the best thing ever. It's like pure joy. It's so funny and I just, I love it. The next person is my grandfather and we call him Papa. And this is my mom's dad, and everyone says, so his name's Frank, and so um, we always talk about how me and my mom and him, like, we all have, like, Frank in us, and Frank is just the whole, like, he's Hungarian, and I feel like it's just, like, yeah, the way that he is blunt and bold about things and stuff like that, which I love, and it's taught me a lot, and the biggest thing I feel like my grandfather's taught me is First of all, he teaches us a lot of things. I feel like I go to him for anything, whether it's taxes or car problems or money or advice. Like, he is the patriarch of our family, but he honestly, like, teaches me a lot. I feel like I've been able to learn, like, so much by just watching his example and watching how he conducts himself. And he's able to be really successful in his life, but he doesn't boast about it. And because he's been able to be so successful, that's my next thing is he's a giver. Like he would literally give you the shirt off his back. He is so kind. Um, they only had one kid, which was my mom. And so growing up, they had a lot of what they called strays that lived at their house. So it was just people that they knew that needed a place to live. And they had so many, I would say like probably close to 20 people live in their extra bedrooms throughout the years. And they were always just so kind. And my grandma and my grandpa are always making food to people or checking on people or taking something to someone. Um, growing up, my grandpa would always pick up this lady for church and he would mow her yard. And like my grandfather just gives and he gives and he gives. And I don't know if he realizes how much like we notice and how much we are attentive to it. But he's always just giving and it's really shown me like that the most times you'll be happy is when you're giving to others and I love that I have the frank in me and that I can be bold and blunt and I can pass down that tradition and that behavior because I think it's really funny and I know that nobody can push my grandfather's buttons as bad as I can which I think is funny and I'm just really grateful that he was such an influential part in my life and and just how impactful he was growing up and that and I mean still to this day and he and my grandma listen to all my podcasts and they call and give me ideas and critiques and comments and I just I love it the next person that is really influential in my life is what I called my school dad growing up and so his name's John which I've never actually called him John in my entire life I've always just called him by his last name and he was my high school teacher. Um, I had him for three years of the four of high school and practically left like all of my crap in his room. I don't think I used my locker for almost all of high school. <laughs> and he always just let us use our his room to drop our bags and our books and our extra like jackets and much to his dismay like our leftover like boxes of food you know like when you take Tupperware or like my leftover protein drinks that would like 
literally ferment and he'd be like um the back desk is covered please go clean it up <laughs> but he was so nice to always let us leave stuff in his room and he's truly my school dad I became really really close with him and his family he's the guy that I was able to go watch their kids in Florida a couple weeks ago I think I talked about it on an episode um but literally has the two cutest kids on the planet but he was my school dad, and the thing I really appreciated about Sands was the advice that he would give me. I could go to him for any situation, and he was very blunt about it. He did not sugarcoat it, and he was able to tell me the hard truths, and I really appreciate it looking back to know that I could count on him to not care about my feelings in a good way. He would be able to tell me, like, Ken's, you're being stupid, or that's not what you need to be doing, or that's not smart, or don't do this, or I think you should be doing this. And I'm just grateful that he cared enough about me to like tell me the truth. I think sometimes you don't want to tell the truth because someone's feelings might get hurt or, you know, things like that. I remember right when Kate and I had talked about wanting to get married and we were being silly and we were like we're just gonna like go to a courthouse like just next time we see her we're gonna do that and I remember her going like don't be stupid like what are you doing and of course like at the moment it's not what I wanted to hear and I was like well I thought you would like support me and he's like no because you're being stupid like that's not what you're like you know you're not doing that I like don't think that that's smart I did long distance with my like he did long distance with his wife Jenna and so they kind of gave me some advice about how to deal with long distance and things like that but he was like I will not be at the wedding like I will not support that if you do that and then Jenna was like I'll be there don't worry <laughs> but he was just so kind enough to give me the hard truth and the things I needed to hear especially in high school when I was with boys or dated boys that were not good he was the first to tell me that I needed to stop messing around with x y or z and he dealt with all of my boy drama and dealing with all of the experiences I had in high school, I could go to him for whatever. And I just really appreciated that he would take the time to care and to say like, hey, this is what you need to be doing and don't be stupid. I feel like he said that to me like every day. Um, but he was, he's literally the best. I still talk to him and I love his family and I love his kids. And I'm just grateful that he even trusts me to watch his kids and to still be involved with them. And... I love all the different things that they send me, like little, um, his daughter, Wheezy, she'll send me like pictures and they're all in my fridge and stuff like that. And Sands is literally just the best and truly my school dad. I remember when I graduated, he gave me my diploma and my dad came up to him and was like, thanks for taking care of her. <laughs> so the next person is Tom and he is my father-in-law. This is Cade's dad and literally Cade's twin. They look so alike. And he is so, so kind. Um, the thing I feel like is most influential in the couple years that I've gotten to know him is he is so understanding and he will always sit there and listen. I love all the different conversations that I've been able to have with him over the years and just how understanding he is about anything. Like he's not judgmental. He's had to go through some rough things in his life and he's been able to come out on top and I feel like that has changed not his heart but he's able to like relate to people and he's able to have so much empathy and I feel like it changes like I feel like we're very quick to judge like all of us which I feel like is just a human thing and Tom is quick to not judge and he is so understanding to everybody's situation and I just love that I can always go to him and he'll sit there and listen and give me advice and won't judge me and I think it's really funny because he'll, I'll be like, Cade's doing this, or Cade did this, and he'll laugh, because he'll be like, 
Yep, I do that too, because him and Kate are so similar. I think it's really funny. Um, but he's just, he's always so kind, and we get to go spend Christmas with him this year, and Darla, and I'm just really excited for that. I love Colorado, which is where they live right now, and so I'm super pumped. We bought tickets this week, and I cannot wait. And then the last person is Dave, and Dave is Kate's stepdad. And this man, you guys, he is so kind. Like, I don't even know if he has a mean bone in his body. He's also really cool. He can play guitar and he's in a band, which I think is so cool. But, and for the couple years that I've gotten to know Dave, he's always just there with his arms out to like give you a nice dad hug, which I feel like are the best hugs. And he's always there to like cheer you on and ask how you're doing. And he's so supportive and he supported Cade and me and all of the different things that we have going on and I'm just so grateful that I get to reap the benefits of him being part of the family and the kindness that he gives me and I love the fact that Cade's family has so many men that have been so welcoming and kind to me and I'm just really grateful that his dads and his grandfathers have been taking me in and treated me like one of their own and it really just warms my heart to think back and know that I have those people that I can call on. And it just leads me to the fact that I think Father's Day is wonderful. I love that we have Father's Day. I think that all of these men and all of the listeners' men in their lives need to be celebrated, and I think it's wonderful. And fatherhood is a really big task, and all of these men have stepped, stepped up to the plate to be fathers to their children and to surrogate children and to just other people that they care about. And... As I can, I'm a testament to how impactful people can be, whether you realize it or not. And I'm just so very grateful. So I hope you guys have a wonderful Father's Day. Please reach out to the men in your life that act like fathers or are your fathers and share your appreciation to them so that they know how impactful they are because I feel like everybody enjoys hearing that they made a difference or that they their kindness or something they said or did, I think just always... It's always nice to hear that, and I think that the fact that we have a day that we can take out and say, like, okay, we're going to focus on these men, and you don't get caught up in all the other distractions is really wonderful. Okay, so with that being said, I'm going to close with a quote, and the quote is about Father's Day, obviously, and it says, Dads are the most ordinary men turned by love into heroes, adventurers, storytellers, and singers of song. And this quote is by Pam Brown. And I love that because I feel like when I think about my dad and the men in my life that I consider fathers, they are just ordinary men. But because of love and because of the love that they have for us and their families, they are turned into so much more. And I love the fact that I can always look up to my father and the men in my life. And another quote that says, a father is someone you look up to no matter how tall you grow. And I really like that because if I think about my brother, he is, I think, taller than my dad, you know, but we still look up to them. And I love the fact that we have, I have these men in my life, and I'm sure that you as a listener do as well, that you can look up to and that you can have, and I think it's just wonderful, and I'm blessed that I have these men in my life, and that I have these opportunities to make these experiences, and 
to pay tribute to them and to talk about them and to express my gratitude. And I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode, learning about some more things of military life and about the men in my life. And I will catch you next Friday.